How I Do It Ultrasound Guided Ankle Block by Dr. Herman Sembi and Dr. Ushma Jitendra Shah from Western University and Dr. Vishal Upal from Dalhousie University. Introduction Commonly performed for foot surgery, the ankle block offers several advantages, including preservation of proximal motor function, allowing the ability to ambulate, compared to a proximal sciatic block, and a low risk of serious complications compared to a spinal or sciatic block. The administration of an ankle block often represents a simpler and safer alternative to general anesthesia in high-risk patients or when the provision of a spinal anesthetic is challenging. For example, previous back surgery or contraindicated, for example, coagulopathy. As opposed to the landmark-based technique, ultrasound guidance overcomes inter-individual anatomical variation of nerves or obscured landmarks, for example, swollen inflamed ankle, improves block success, expedites block onset times, and reduces the amount of local anesthetic required. In this article, we review the practical aspects associated with the provision of ultrasound-guided ankle blocks and advantages related with this technique. Preparation In our clinical practice, we perform ultrasound-guided ankle blockade using a small footprint high-frequency linear transducer, 6 to 13 MHz, in a transverse plane, providing a cross-sectional view for all nerves. Essential equipment includes sterile probe cover with ultrasound gel, a hypodermic 25-gauge or a short-bevel 22-gauge block needle, sterile gloves, an assistant for positioning, local anesthetic injection, and sedation. After applying appropriate monitoring, supplemental oxygen, and an established IV access, sedation generally consists of 2 mg of midazolam and or 50 to 100 micrograms of fentanyl. Administration is titrated to ensure patient comfort throughout the procedure. Aseptic technique is observed and the ergonomics are considered such that the operator can comfortably visualize the ultrasound screen by looking straight ahead. That is, the operator stands at the foot end and the ultrasound machine is positioned in direct line of vision on ipsilateral or contralateral side. Skin infiltration is provided via the administration of 1% lidocaine when using a short bevel needle for the block, but is not required when using the hypodermic needle. Pertinent anatomy. The foot is innervated by four branches of the sciatic nerve, including the superficial peroneal, the deep peroneal, the tibial, and the sural nerves, and the terminal branch of the femoral nerve, that is, saphenous nerve. The deep peroneal and the tibial nerves are deep, while the rest are superficial nerves. Procedure. The following paragraphs provide details of the performance of the five nerves required for a complete ankle block. Clinical pearls are summarized at the end of the article. Tibial nerve, L4, L5, S1 to 3. The patient is semi-recumbent or supine, and the ipsilateral hip is externally rotated. A linear transducer is placed transversely, obtaining a scan of the tibial nerve, hyperechoic oval, proximal to medial malleolus, 
showing the tendons of the tibialis anterior and flexor digitorum profundus anterior to the nerve and gastrocnemius soleus posterior to it. The posterior tibial artery and the tendon of the flexor hallucis longus lie deep to the nerve, often with two small veins on either side of the artery. The needle is introduced in plane or out of plane, proximal to the medial malleolus, to approach near the tibial nerve. Entry into the fascial sheath containing the nerve and subsequent local anesthetic injection, 5 to 10 milliliters, 0.5% ropivacaine, produces a characteristic circumferential spread around the tibial nerve. Deep peroneal nerve, deep fibular nerve, L4, L5, S1. The leg is extended and placed on a bolster in a neutral position. A linear transducer is placed transversely just above the intermalleolar line to identify the anterior tibial artery, which is seen as a pulsatal anechoic structure on the surface of the tibia, hyperechoic white curve. The deep peroneal nerve is identified as a hyperechoic structure medial to the artery. The needle is introduced in plane from medial to lateral or out of plane to approach adjacent to the nerve. Local anesthetic, 2 to 4 milliliters, 0.5% ropivacaine, is injected around the nerve. Optional advanced, small nerves, ultrasound guided blocks. The next section describes the ultrasound guided techniques of three superficial nerves, superficial peroneal, saphenous, and sural nerves. Superficial peroneal nerve, superficial fibular nerve, L5, S1, S2. The patient is positioned supine or semilateral with the hip rotated internally to expose the lateral aspect of the leg. A linear transducer is placed transversely just above the lateral malleolus to identify the fibula. The superficial peroneal nerve is situated superficially between the peroneus brevis, PB, and the extensor digitorum longus, EDL, as a triangular hyperechoic shadow under the crural fascia, an oval hyperechoic structure. The extensor digitorum longus is anterior to the nerve, while the peroneus brevis is posterior to the nerve. The needle is introduced in plane or out of plane from anterior to posterior direction to approach adjacent to the superficial peroneal nerve. Local anesthetic, 5 to 6 milliliters, 0.5% ropivacaine, is sufficient for an effective block. Sural nerve, S1, S2. The patient is positioned with the knee flexed and internal rotation at the hip making the posterolateral aspect of the leg accessible. A linear transducer is placed transversely above the lateral malleolus, identifying the peroneus brevis anteriorly and the Achilles tendon posteriorly. The sural nerve, hyperechoic oval, is located anterior to the Achilles tendon. The needle is introduced in plane from anterior to posterior or out of plane proximal to the lateral malleolus, to advance adjacent to the nerve and local anesthetic, 2 to 4 milliliters, 0.5% ropivacaine is injected. Saphenous nerve, L2, L3, L4. 
The hip is externally rotated. A linear transducer is placed transversely above the medial malleolus to identify the great saphenous vein with the saphenous nerve anterior to it, hyperechoic oval. Application of a tourniquet would enhance the appearance of the vein. The needle is introduced in plane from posterior to anterior, or out of plane, proximal to the medial malleolus to approach the saphenous nerve. Local anesthetic, 2 to 4 milliliters, 0.5% ropivacaine, is injected. Alternate approach to block superficial nerves. Ultrasound guidance is most beneficial for the tibial and deep perineal nerve blocks. Should one wish to use the landmark technique for the other nerves, the superficial perineal and saphenous nerves can be anesthetized by subcutaneous infiltration of 10 to 15 milliliters local anesthetic anteriorly between medial and lateral malleoli. This can be achieved by using a single anterior injection entry point. Similarly, 4 to 5 milliliters of subcutaneous infiltration between lateral malleolus and Achilles tendon provides adequate sural nerve coverage. Please note that ankle block does not cover the tourniquet pain around the thigh or calf. Therefore, it is only suitable as an analgesic block and perhaps surgical anesthesia for surgeries of short duration. Conclusion Ultrasound-guided ankle block enhances the block's reliability, safety, and overall success rate. It also helps to minimize the local anesthetic volume required, thus permitting bilateral ankle block performance. It can easily be performed in most patients for selected surgeries and allows for early ambulation while providing pain relief. Clinical Pearls Compared to a landmark-based ankle block, an ultrasound-guided ankle block is usually done more proximally to the ankle joint as the malleolar prominences hinder appropriate transducer skin contact. We recommend starting with the tibial nerve, as this is a larger nerve and benefits from a longer soak time. We advocate a proximal block of the tibial nerve because a distal block may lead to a medial calcaneal branches sparing. Flexing and extending the great toe generates a seesaw movement of the nerve on the flexor hallucis longus, helping to identify it. Care should be exercised not to inject deep into the periosteum as subperiosteal injections are painful. An out-of-plane approach may be easier to perform. The superficial perineal nerve can be blocked either shallow, distal leg, or deep, mid-leg, to the crural fascia. However, a distal injection can result in missing one of the branches, intermediate or medial branch. Therefore, we favor a more proximal injection before the division of the nerve. The sural nerve may be omitted if the surgical site is confined to the medial of the foot. If the nerve cannot be easily identified, a paravenous injection may be performed within the fascial compartment. An out-of-plane approach may be easier to perform. The saphenous nerve divides into several articular branches proximal to the ankle. Therefore, while a block at or above ankle sufficiently blocks the distal foot, a proximal block 
at distal tibia is needed to provide analgesia for ankle joint surgery itself. Application of a tourniquet at mid-calf can help to identify the great saphenous vein in cases where it is not easily visible. Keep it simple. Ultrasound guidance is most beneficial for the tibial and deep perineal nerve blockage. Skin infiltration on the anterior aspect of the intermalleolar line will block saphenous and superficial perineal nerves. Infiltration between the lateral malleolus and Achilles tendon will block the sorrel nerve. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode of Azra News, please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review.